No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where the Lord breaks the news to Joshua that he is old, and yet there is still so much more land to conquer. How true this is for each of us as we grow older. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 13 on Simply the Bible. We might as well face it that we're all getting older. As I approach the senior years, just approaching them, mind you, I realize that my days are limited. In truth, all of our days are limited. No matter how old we are, we all have a finite amount of time to accomplish what God has put us on this planet to do. As Joshua neared the end of his life, when perhaps he felt like slowing down a bit, God wasn't done with him. There was still so much more to do. There were so many more lands to conquer. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 13. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old, advanced in years. And there remains very much land yet to be possessed. I love that. The Lord just told him the way it was. It was sort of a reality check. I experienced such a reality check several years ago while on a mission trip in Romania. We were involved in a construction project in a small village that required us to move heavy bags of cement. Now, as a young man, I worked for my dad, who was a bricklayer, so I used to carry bags of cement every day. But that was nearly 40 years ago, and picking up these bags of cement I did something to my back and suffered on the whole flight home and then for the next couple of weeks after that. Now, I'm not as young as I used to be. And though the mind may be willing, the body isn't always cooperating. So was Joshua in denial about his age or had he become complacent, just sort of reaching a plateau? The Lord had to remind him that he was getting older and there were still many places to conquer. The prophet Hosea said, Yes, gray hairs are here and there on him, yet he does not know it. As gray hairs multiply, I find it's helpful to be aware of them, for they signify that the biological clock is counting down. Knowledge of this fact can motivate us to make more strategic use of the time that we have left. Many enemies yet remain in the land. There are new territories of our flesh yet to conquer. Many souls have yet to hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us arise, press on, and conquer. May these gray hairs not go to the grave until they have accomplished something significant for the kingdom of God. May we all echo the words of Jesus on the last night before his death. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. The Lord went on to tell Joshua, This is the land that yet remains, all the territory of the Philistines and all that of the Geshurites. 
Now, we will pause right there because there are many names of places that are difficult for me to pronounce and meaningless to all of us and are of uncertain location. So it isn't very interesting reading. But God tells Joshua the places on the west side of the Jordan River in the southwest area of Canaan in the land of the Philistines up along the Mediterranean coast as far as Aphek which was due west of Joppa. Then up north in the mountains of Lebanon from below Mount Hermon, northeastward to Hamath toward the Euphrates River. God said that he would drive out from before the children of Israel the inhabitants of the land. Only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. After conquering the land, Joshua would cast lots to determine which territory would go to each tribe. Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its very decision is from the Lord. So in this way, no one would be able to accuse Joshua of playing favorites. Now, even after initially conquering the land, there would be pockets of people that the individual tribes would still have to drive out to claim the fullness of their possession. Now, when we come to verses 8 through 33, we are given the boundaries of the land allotted to the two and a half tribes living on the eastern side of the Jordan River. You'll recall that when they saw the land was ideal for flocks and herds, they pled with Moses to build cities in this land. And Moses conceded and gave them all the land that was taken from the two Amorite kings, Sihon and Og. But this land was not part of God's original allotment for Israel. On the eastern side of the Jordan River, they would not have the natural protection of the river from their enemies. And we will see that in generations to come, these tribes were the first to be carried away when the enemies of Israel attacked the nation. Because they weren't all in the promised land, they would be the first to fall out. It is always a mistake to settle for living outside of God's perfect plan for your life. Yet many people do just that. They are God's people. They are part of the family of God. But when it comes to entering the full rest of a fully consecrated life in Christ, they're not all in. Consequently, they are more prone to the enemy's attack and deception. I once heard the story of Wells Fargo in the Old West and how they wanted to hire a new stagecoach driver. So they interviewed three men for the job. They asked each of them the question, how close can you drive the stagecoach to the edge of the cliff? The first man said, I can drive it within 10 feet of the edge. The second man said, I can drive it five feet from the edge. But the third man said, I will keep it as far away from the edge as I can. Guess which man was hired. Now, some people seek to live as close to the edge of the cliff as they can and still be Christians. But that is always a mistake. It's far better to live as far away as you can from the edge of the cliff and as close as you can to the Lord so that the temptations of this world won't cause you to fall. In verses 8 through 14, we are given the boundaries for the total territory east of the Jordan River. 
This extended northward from the Arnon River, which was east of the Dead Sea, to Mount Hermon, about 50 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. It included the area of Gilead and extended eastward as far as the border of Ammon. We read in verse 13, Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maacathites, but the Geshurites and the Maacathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. This was the big mistake that the children of Israel made in their conquest. They did not completely wipe out the inhabitants of the land as the Lord commanded. These people and their idolatrous practices would prove to be a snare to Israel in the future. Verse 14, only to the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. Twice in this chapter, we read that the Levites had no inheritance with the other 12 tribes. As the priestly tribe, they were scattered throughout Israel. And in this way, no matter where you lived, you would not be far from a priest or from one of the priestly cities of refuge. Now, before we go any further, I want to point out that it's very difficult on the radio to give you any sort of feel for the tribal divisions of the land. For that, you really need a good Bible map. I did an internet search of Division of the Promised Land and came up with several maps. They are all a bit different, reflecting the uncertainty of the location of many of these cities, but I would recommend that you consult such a map. Or if you send an email to office at calvarytv.org, I will send a color map to you that you can print. That's office at calvarytv.org. In verses 15 through 23, we are given the borders for the territory of Reuben. Reuben was the southernmost tribe on the east side of the Jordan River. Their southern border was the Arnon River, east of the Dead Sea, and their northern border was Heshbon, which was north of Mount Nebo, where Moses saw the promised land just before he died. It included Beth Peor, which was the site where the soothsayer Balaam gave evil advice to Balak, the king of Moab, and he sent the Midianite women into the camp of Israel who seduced the men and led them into the worship of Baal of Peor. We are told here that when Israel conquered this area, they killed Balaam. In verses 24 through 28, we are given the borders for the tribe of Gad, which was north of Reuben on the east side of the Jordan, And this included the cities of Gilead as far eastward as Ammon and as far northward as the Sea of Galilee. The tribes of Reuben and Gad occupied the former kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites. And finally, in verses 29 through 33, we are given the borders for the half-tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan. They occupied the land that formerly belonged to Og, king of the Amorites. Their territory was north of Gad and included 60 cities in Bashan and half of Gilead. Then we read in verse 32, These are the areas which Moses had distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. 
All these lands were conquered while Moses was still alive before Deuteronomy was written and before the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River to conquer Jericho. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. This is the second time in this chapter we are told the Levites were given no tribal inheritance for the Lord was their inheritance. Frankly, I can think of nothing better than to have the Lord as your inheritance. Earthly inheritances will pass away, but the one who has the Lord as his possession has an everlasting inheritance. With the conquest of the land under Joshua and further conquests by David and Solomon, Israel still would only inhabit a fraction of what God had promised them. They could have possessed so much more if they would have stepped out in faith and fought the enemy to obtain it. Now, Joshua was getting old and he was running out of time on this earth. Regardless of how old we are, we are also running out of time. Matthew Henry said, all people, but especially old people, should set themselves to do that quickly, which must be done before they die, lest death prevent them. Therefore, we should all take the advice of King Solomon, who said in Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. May God help us by his grace to conquer the land still before us, the giants of our flesh and of this world, and to obtain the promised land of our inheritance in Jesus Christ. The Lord has given us the land, but we must arise to conquer it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where Joshua divides the land on the west side of the Jordan and 85-year-old Caleb makes a bold request. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.